Hey, it's Alan, and I just wanted to let you know that you can now listen to the ongoing history of new music early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It runs in the family. Like father, like son. Or mother, like daughter. Or some variation of that. The apple never falls far from the tree. All these sayings have something to do with some sort of hereditary characteristics or learned abilities passed down from parent to child. I suppose if you grow up in a creative household, something's going to rub off, whether it be something in your genes or just because of what goes on around you as you're growing up. Take the case of Patrick Schwarzenegger, son of Arnold. Not only has he done some acting, like Dad, but he's also got a clothing company called Number Project 360 that donates a chunk of profits to charity. There's Duncan Jones, the son of David Bowie. He's a really good film director. Sasha Spielberg is the daughter of Stephen and Kate Capshaw. She's become quite the screenwriter. Ben Stiller is the son of Jerry Stiller. Most people know Jerry as George's father on Seinfeld. Okay, what about music? Well, Johnny Cash and daughter Roseanne. Miley Cyrus and her dad, Billy Ray. Nora Jones is the son of Rabbi Shankar. Jason Bonham is the son of Zep drummer John. He's not only been in a bunch of bands of his own, but he sat in for his dad on drums a couple of times when Jimmy Page and Robert Plant needed somebody to keep time. Okay, this is kind of fun. How many other parent-sibling combinations can we name if we just focus on the world of alt-rock? All right, I get it. Sounds like it's time to make a list. This is the Ongoing History of New Music Podcast with Alan Cross. Hello again, I'm Alan Cross, and this episode is all about generational succession. Musical offspring that are doing their musical parents proud. And I have a feeling you might be surprised by some of them because a few of these relationships aren't that obvious on the surface. We're going to start with Jacob Dylan, which is really easy. He's the son of Bob. And, you know, Bob, right? Like a complete unknown Like a rolling stone Jacob Dylan is the son of Bob and his model wife, Sarah Dylan. They were married in secret in November 1965. And for the next dozen years, she inspired the lyrics for a number of Dylan songs. Then they divorced in 1977. But before then, Jacob came along. That was 1969. And although he was the son of the world's most famous folk singer, he preferred punk bands like The Clash and The Buzzcocks, as well as The Jam. A few bands followed, along with an aborted attempt at design school in New York. And then by 1989, he was in Los Angeles with a band called The Apples, who would soon morph into The Wallflowers. The first album didn't do very well, but the second, Bringing Down the Horse, which came out in 1996, did. 
That got the band opening slots for everyone from the Rolling Stones to Tom Petty to uh, Dad. And two Grammy Awards followed. Jacob has been the only consistent member of the Wallflowers over all these years, which, by the way, is still a going concern. People to cycle through the band have included former Chili Peppers and Pearl Jam drummer Jack Irons and Foo Fighters keyboardist Rami Jaffe. This song won two Grammy Awards. Plus, it was the first song to reach number one on three charts. Alternative songs, mainstream rock songs, and adult alternative songs. So, uh, pretty good trifecta. Our next offspring sprung from the loins of the guy who leads this band. Billy Joe Armstrong met Adrian Nesser in 1990 through her brother, who is the sister of professional skateboarder Steve Nesser. She was exactly what Armstrong needed. He'd been going through some hard times with girlfriends, and she brought some stability to the situation. They were married on July 2nd, 1994, and on July 3rd, 1994, one day later, Adrian found out that she was pregnant. And on February 28th, 1995, Joseph Marciano Armstrong came into the world. He's called Joey, after Joey Ramone. Another song, Jacob Danger Armstrong, yeah, his middle name is Danger, came along on September the 12th of 1998. Both boys took after their father. Joey finally decided to form his own band after he and his buddy Cole saw School of Rock with Jack Black for the first time. That group was known as Emily's Army, and they went through a bunch of name changes until 2011 when Dad produced a debut record called Don't Be a Dick. Seriously, that was the title of the album. And it was followed by a second dad-produced album entitled Lost at 17. That was in 2013. There were some lineup changes, including the temporary appearance of little brother Jacob Armstrong on bass. And then the group changed their name to Swimmers, which is spelled S-W-M-R-S. Well, Jacob went off with his own band called St. Eddie. Swimmers released their first album under that name in 2016, calling it Drive North. And that was followed by a 2018 album entitled Berkeley's on Fire. The first single was the title track, and here we are. This is Swimmers, featuring Billy Joe Armstrong's oldest boy, Joey Armstrong, on drums. There's tiny different versions on it. I feel TV's queen of us and night. The property destroyed because TV news is bad for you. And bad TV is news for you. It's just a ploy. Keep you under control. Too many. Berkeley's on fire, featuring drummer Joey Armstrong, eldest son of Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong. Our next cross-generational connection begins with this band. From Santa Cruz, California, this is The Call. The Call had some success in the alt-rock world through the 1980s and 90s with nine studio albums. The two best were probably reconciled in 1984 and let the day begin in 1989. Very poetic, very artsy, very compassionate. U2 and Peter Gabriel were big fans. And Al Gore used the song we just heard, Let the Day Begin, as part of his 2000 presidential campaign. The head guy in that band was Michael Bean. And beyond the call, he was a composer of music for films and a hired gun for other performers. On August 22, 1978, he had a son named Robert Bean. 
When he got into music, he called himself Robert Turner, just so people wouldn't associate him with his father. His break came with a band called Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, a great group formed in 1998 and one that continues today. He's since reverted to calling himself Robert Bean. Dad and son worked together for quite a bit with Black Rebel Motorcycle Club right to the end. And I mean the real end. On August 19th of 2010, Dad was working as a soundman for his son's band at a festival in Brussels when he had a fatal heart attack. He died right there. He was just 60. Since then, there have been some call reunions during which Robert filled in for Dad. This is Black Rebel Motorcycle Club from 2001, the debut album. And Michael Bean was really, really proud of what his son has done with this group. Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and Love Burns from the 2001 self-titled album. Let's switch things up just a little bit and talk about Bob Marley. The king of all things reggae had at least 12 children, 12 that we know of, with seven different mothers. There may be more, but we're not sure. Some of the ones we do know about have had their own musical careers. The Melody Makers were formed by siblings David, better known as Ziggy, Stephen, Sedella, and Sharon back in 1979. So let's go through them first. Ziggy is Bob's eldest son. He's won five Grammy Awards, wrote the theme song for the children's TV show Arthur, and published a comic book called Marijuana Man. Stephen is the second son of Bob and Rita Marley. He's also a singer and producer with eight Grammy Awards. Sedella works in fashion. She's designed the uniforms for the Jamaican Olympic team, that was in 2012, and has also worked for Puma. Meanwhile, Sharon looks after the Bob Marley Museum in Kingston. Then we have Damien Marley. He's won three Grammys and has worked with everyone from Mick Jagger to Skrillex. There's Julian. He's also a musician with four albums and a Grammy nomination. Kai Manny is not only a big dancehall star in Jamaica, but he also works with rappers like Shaggy. Then we have Stephanie. She runs the music side of the Bob Marley business, as well as the Marley Resort and Spa in the Bahamas. And the last musical child is Rohan. He worked as a musician for a while before he turned into a professional football player. He had a stint with the Ottawa Rough Riders. He's married to singer Lauren Hill and runs Marley's Tough Gong clothing line and is part of the Marley business that produces coffee. So <laughs> that is one musical family. And here's some audio proof. This was a hit for Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers in 1988 that did well on alternative radio. It features Ziggy, Mother Rita, sisters Sadella and Sharon, and brother Stephen. It's Tomorrow People. The Melody Makers, featuring four of Bob Marley's children, along with wife Rita. More examples of musical offspring coming up. This show is all about famous music stars and their children, who have also become music stars themselves. Let's talk about Tim Buckley. He began as a folk singer back in the 1960s. In 1964, he met Mary Giebert in French class in high school and eventually married her in 1965. However, that didn't work out, and about a month before their son was born, Tim and Mary divorced. Tim went into music full-time, cycling through folk, psych, bits of jazz, funk, and soul, while also pursuing some pretty self-destructive behavior. 
Critics loved his albums, but he wasn't recognized for the talent that he was until well after he died in 1975 of what appears to be a heroin overdose at age 28. He was very deep in debt and at the time of his death owned nothing more than the clothes on his back, a guitar, and an amplifier. Here's a sample of Tim's work. This is from a 1972 album entitled Greetings from L.A., and the song is Sweet Surrender. One of the people Tim left behind was his eight-year-old son, Jeff, who had met his father only once. Mom was a classically trained musician playing piano and cello. Meanwhile, Jeff's stepfather was into Pink Floyd, Jimi Hendrix, The Who, Led Zeppelin, and Queen. He picked up a guitar at age five, discovered Rush and Kiss and various prog rock bands, which led to his first electric guitar at age 12. When he got older, he started playing gigs while supporting himself working in a hotel. In 1990, his father's former manager helped make him a demo that was shopped around various record labels, and after a couple of dead ends, he ended up performing as a solo artist in and around New York. He was discovered by Columbia Records, signed a nice deal, and set to work on a demo. The result was a debut album called Grace, a 1994 record that had plenty of critical praise, but not a lot of sales. It was a slow burn, a word-of-mouth thing that built very, very slowly. There definitely was momentum, and everybody was confident that Jeff would eventually have a big breakthrough. So the concerts continued, writing continued, recording continued. Everything was going absolutely according to plan until the evening of May 29, 1997. Jeff was in Memphis to record some new material, and that night he and Keith Fulte, a roadie in his band, sat on the bank of Wolf River Harbor, which is connected to the Mississippi River, listening to music. Jeff had gone swimming there a few times before and decided to do it again. So he went into the water. This time he was fully clothed and wearing big heavy boots. He floated out on his back and began singing the chorus to Led Zeppelin's Whole Lot of Love. But then a boat came by, stirring up a big wake. And with that, Jeff was gone. His body was found five days later downriver. No drugs, no alcohol, nothing to indicate suicide. It was a straight accidental drowning. He was 30 years old. Since then, that one and only proper studio album has become something of a classic. Jeff Buckley, son of Tim Buckley, both of them dying way too early. I can hear some people asking, okay, what about the Beatles? Are there some famous musical offspring there? Well, yes, there are. Let's start with Paul. He had three children with Linda. Stella is a famous fashion designer. There's Mary, who's a vegetarian activist and photographer. There's Heather, who is a famous potter, as in she makes pottery. And Paul adopted her when he married Linda. And then there's Beatrice, who came along after Paul married Heather Mills. The only musician in that bunch is James, another one of Linda's kids. He's appeared on albums by both Paul and Linda and has several records of his own. He eventually became friends with Danny Harrison, son of George, Zach Starkey, son of Ringo, and Sean Lennon, son of John. They flirted with the idea of forming their own band. Imagine that, but nothing ever came of it. 
Danny Harrison is the only child of George and Olivia. He's a performer, a composer for film and television, and a record producer. Sean Lennon is the son of John and Yoko. He's been in a bunch of different bands, scored some films, produced material for other people, recorded a couple of albums on his own, and collaborated on records with people like Albert Hammond Jr. of The Strokes, The Flaming Lips, Lady Gaga, and Lana Del Rey. Let's stop here and have a listen to something with Sean. He's friends with Les Claypool of Primus, and they've recorded under the name the Claypool Lennon Delirium. This is from a 2016 album entitled Monolith of Phobos, and it's called Mr. Right. Let's see if you can hear any Beatles DNA in this. The Claypool Lennon Delirium, featuring Les Claypool and Sean Lennon, son of John and Yoko. The last Beatle offspring we need to talk about is Zach Starkey, the son of Ringo and Maureen. Just like Dad, he plays drums. He got his first kit from Keith Moon of The Who, who was also his godfather. Dad gave him exactly one lesson before he tried to dissuade his son about getting into show business. Be a doctor, be a lawyer, don't be a musician. Yeah, that didn't work. First came a garage band called The Next. Then he ended up in a reformed version of the Spencer Davis Group. His dad then gave up and had him work with his band. He got a gig with The Who, which seems fitting given his family history. And since then, he's been on call with them whenever The Who plays live. He's worked with Johnny Marr after Johnny left The Smiths. But let's talk about this. In 2004, he joined Oasis. Zach was with them as an employee not actually a member of the band, but he liked it that way because it allowed him to go into his own things when he wasn't needed with Oasis. So here's Zach on the first album he recorded with Oasis. It's from Don't Believe the Truth from 2005 and Lila. Oasis, a band heavily influenced by the Beatles, and a song that features Ringo Starr's kid, Zach Starkey, on drums. Back in a sec with a more couple of musical offspring. Hang on. We have time for two more musical offspring. This next guy's name is Eli Hewson, and if you're a U2 fan, you already know where this is going. His full name is Elijah Bob Patricius Googie Q. Hewson. He is the third child of Paul and Allison Hewson. Paul Hewson, better known as Bono. Now, even though Dad is one of the biggest rock stars in the known universe, Eli didn't get into music until he was 13. He didn't know that there was anything special about his dad until he was 10. Eli's band is called Inhaler. They're a four-piece that started up in 2012, and all four members weren't even in their teens. No one in the group is interested in getting any help from famous relatives, and vice versa. Eli tells a story about going to London and finding out that their Airbnb wasn't available. So Eli phoned mom and said, uh, do, you, do you know any good hotels in London? And mom replied, well, there's always a park bench. They ended up finding a friend and sleeping on the couch. Have a listen to this. This is Inhaler with Eli on lead vocals. And the song is, it won't always be like this. Like 
Inhaler, featuring Eli Hewson, son of Bono. Certainly sounds like the old man, doesn't he? And finally, I want to get some Canadian content in here. Tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Cassador, or a band out of Kingston, Ontario. Members met at Queen's University and started playing gigs around town. And recording was done at a local recording studio called The Bathhouse. To complete things, note that the bass player is Boris Baker, the son of tragically hip guitarist Rob Baker. And for a while, the group's drummer was Angus Fay, nephew of hip drummer Johnny Fay. This is from Cassador's first full album. It's called Brood and Bloom. It was recorded, like I said, at the bathhouse with production help from Rob Baker and hip bass player Gord Sinclair. Before we finish, here are a few more musical offspring of famous musicians. Adam Cohen, son of Leonard. Kelly Osborne, daughter of Ozzy. Wolfgang Van Halen has been playing bass in his dad and uncle's band for years. Dweezil Zappa has made a career of keeping his father's legacy alive. Natalie Cole, daughter of Nat King. Shooter Jennings, son of Waylon. And Carney and Wendy, daughters of the Beach Boys' Brian Wilson. This is just a taste. If I've missed anyone, drop me a line at alan at alancross.ca and I'll make a list and we'll do another musical offspring thing in the future. All right, let's talk about podcasts. There are many, many, many podcasts of this program available. They are all free. Just go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your on-demand audio, rate, review, and share if you can. That would be most appreciated. Plus, we can also connect through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Love to hear from you. Tactical Productions by Rob Johnston. We'll talk to you next time. I'm Alan Cross. You've been listening to the Ongoing History of New Music podcast with Alan Cross. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere you find your favorite podcasts.